But that's that mentoring experience. And that's what podcasts and that's what we hope our podcast become for people is an opportunity to to almost like a masterclass situation. Because uh, there are teachers out there who, who are rock starring, uh, who understand what it takes to do what we do. But nobody knows who they are. Nobody's heard their voice. No one's, no one's, you know, there's not a camera in every teacher's room capturing all these moments and, and putting them in a file. And you may have never experienced it, and then you may listen to it on a podcast, and then all of a sudden you experience it, and it's like, oh, I remember them saying, okay, this is how you, okay, got it. And even though it may be like, no, nah, I can't do that, but it gives me an idea. It sparks an idea in my mind of what I can do. What is good, fam? Welcome back to Value Adds Value. Thank you so much for joining. We are here to help you as a teacher, especially if you are a early career teacher, to find your authenticity in your classroom, to, to build continuity across your experiences as you learn uh, in this profession, and to make sure that we're passing on uh, that sacred knowledge that every teacher has gained and that was passed on to us. So we're thrilled that you're here for this conversation with our buddy Mark Rivard, part two, um, talking about how he builds his curriculum, not in specifics, but really the broader idea of giving kids ownership in the curriculum he creates and in the projects he does and teaching them business and social media and all of those different things that are super, super important. The one thing that really jumped out to us is he was telling a story about uh, when he works with restaurants, especially with bartenders, he talks with them about the real estate at the bar. Those those 16 stools are their real estate. And we just love that analogy um, and thinking about our classroom as our uh, our real estate. Those 30 desks are our real estate and we're the ones who have to make it valuable. So we love this episode. Please uh, take the time to go follow Mark at Rivard Art, at Do Red Things Co, at Stagi Culinary, which looks like Stage Culinary, or go to his uh, website, markrivard.com. But just check him out. And if you have the time and want it, check out his Do Red Things swag. I know that we've got a couple packages coming our way that we're looking forward to. So uh, yeah, just can't wait. Thrilled to um, have the chance to, to get to talk with him and work with him. He's local to me uh, in the Twin Cities. So hoping to catch up with him this summer. But Man, thank you so much for checking out this episode, episode 302. If you need anything, let us know. Otherwise, let's enjoy this episode with Mark Rivard. Because the teacher prep programs don't prepare you to say, hey, who you are as a person really, really matters in this. <laughs> and, and, and what gifts you have to share because, gosh, some of the best moments I've had as a teacher, I, I shouldn't say this all of my best moments as a teacher have had nothing to do with American history or geography. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I think that's, that's been the worst part about this school year is because all like, the kids and the teachers together, if you're either way, like the feeling of a good high five or like a bro hug in the morning is enough to, that's enough fuel for a whole day. Yeah. And, and just, just to, to have that authenticity piece 
And I do, you mentioned, you know, the YouTube social media culture that kind of missed us as we were, you know, growing up, but now is here. Mm-hmm. What, what impact do you think that has had on, on education? And I guess maybe what I'm trying to ask is, how do you think that impacts the way kids see teachers? Because they live in that social media world, but they're in a classroom with a real person. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's got a lot of positives and it's got a lot of negatives. And um, um, man, the social media thing is unavoidable. And I think we have to learn how to harness it. Um, and you have to learn how to use it to your advantage and to be, to use it positively. And it's something we need to be teaching now. And, and, you know, just like we teach sex ed or something, you know, this, we need to be teaching responsibility online and things like that. Cause it is, uh, absolutely, it is absolutely imperative to the health of our students long-term, um, cause it's not going anywhere. And so, um, you know, there's so many different ways to integrate it. I use it all the time with my programs and stuff. Like I'm big on building brands and building projects that are based on something, you know, whether it's the students are working towards an art show and we title that art show and we create flyers and so on. I mean, back when I was starting out as an artist, we literally had to go and print flyers at Kinko's and hand them to people on the streets to get people to come. And, you know, we don't do that anymore. It's all done through it's all done through Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and so on. It's not even Facebook anymore. I mean, this stuff moves so fast. And so as educators trying to keep up with that and in the education world as a whole, I've, I've, I've often thought about this. We're still teaching in a way that's pre-internet. We, st- you know, the way schools operate is still so pre-internet and man, we are far behind. Um, but teaching in a social media sense is, is a tricky one. And I think, when you can give students opportunities to use it in positive ways and you create that as part of your curriculum, integrate it. Don't be afraid of it. You know, um, obviously as educators, we have to be careful. You know, I mean, I have my private accounts and then I have public accounts and so on. And it's just, I, I honestly, I don't like doing it. I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm on the ice top of that iceberg that, you know, I use it. I have to use it. It's part of my job. It's part of how I network and operate. Um, it's one of the least favorite things I do. Uh, but I also understand its value, you know? And so you have to do it, um, but we can still integrate it in ways that are positive. We can make that part of our teaching curriculums. We can make that part of our projects. We can, we can use it as the networking tools that it's meant to be. Uh, we can use it as teaching tools. Um, you know, no matter, what your, uh, no matter what your class is, whatever your program is, a lot of these social networks and things like that, they, they do offer opportunities to be really, really special from an educational standpoint, just like this pandemic is, is doing, you know? I mean, we can, anybody can look at this, whatever is in front of them and go, this is gonna suck and here's why, or hmm, how can I spend this and make this work? You know, and that's a mindset that, that as teachers or as educators that we hope we're showing our students. So as an educator and as a teacher, if you can learn to use the social media to your advantage, whether that's, obviously I know teachers are like, I don't want my kids following me. I, you know, I don't accept friend requests from students or anything like that. That's just part of safety and protocol. You know, we have to do that, but we can create ways of utilizing social media that do teach our students how to use it properly, how to use it effectively, how to help it, how to use it that helps them build their value and their worth, you know, 
because a lot of times right now we are financially judged on our social media. Um, as much as I was blessed with this ad campaign and sort of this, uh, this, you know, my 15 minutes of fame from Sharpie, that was 2011. It was, I, I was a little early than, than from the social media boom. So if that, if that had been four or five years later, I'd have millions of followers and be, you know, probably able to make six figures a month just on ad revenue alone. Kids know that we can teach that. We can talk about that with students. To me, that's a hell of a lot more fascinating than whatever else we were supposed to be talking about that day. And so there's opportunity in social media to really engage students and to teach really, really well. And so, um, yeah, I think it, there's two ways of looking at it. We can look at it as the dark, scary thing that's negative and horrible and, and going to hurt everyone, or we can try and find ways to, to utilize it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I choose to try and find a way to utilize it. I want to make sure that my students are using social media, using it well, building their own value, because you can, you can create a lot of personal value, intellectual property through your social media. Yeah, I know I got into last year um, when I went public with my teaching page for Instagram. Um, I had a lot of blowback from a lot of teachers. Oh my God, you don't want students to see you going to these conferences. You don't want to see students to see you dancing around and having fun and all this. I say I'm a full grown adult mm -hmm. who has a daughter of my own. So my thing is I wouldn't do anything that would compromise my relationship with my daughter. So I'm definitely not going to do anything that's going to compromise relationship with my students. Right. Yep. And so, but what I found is the moment I did that, I had so many parents who started following me. Mm -hmm. And these parents started listening to the podcast. These parents started DMing me saying, you know, hey, my student had a great time in class today. Whatever y'all were teaching, they came home talking about it, couldn't stop. You know, oh, my students are going to be out today. Can you, can you, is there any way you can send work? And this is all through social media. Mm -hmm. This is not my personal, my work email. This is where they feel comfortable. So I saw it as another outlet for parents to contact me. I've had students contact me and say, hey, I'm going to be out for the next two days. Can you send me work? And that's via Instagram. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so I think that we have to start educating students to seeing what, what, what are the possibilities? You know, mm -hmm. is there a dark side to the internet? There's a dark side to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I think that we have to start treating them like they're, I mean, like they're little small humans who understand what's going on and, and they'll, they'll, they'll learn. Mm -hmm. They'll learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and what, what you're talking about, Mark, sounds like almost exactly like, um, three, three years ago, did we start? That was the first year of the Mac? Three years ago. Yes. So Wilkie had, uh, this brainchild, uh, that we call the music and arts collective, which is an after school program for really any kid in the arts, arts based. But we wanted to add that, that element of social media and branding to be able to show kids how they could monetize their artwork or their videography or whatever it was. And like, maybe that's the most disappointing thing for me this year is because after school programs aren't happening. Yeah. And, and what did we go from like 30 kids the first year to something 70, like 73? Well, we had 20 the first year, 
30 tried, 20 stay consistent, and we jumped from 20 to 75 applicants, and we whittled that 75 down to about 42 the second year. Um, and this year we were on pace. I mean, right now, I have kids right now because I DJed and I put, again, branding, I put my after school program flyer, I mean, uh, banner right in front of my DJ booth so that while I'm DJing, kids are like, well, what's the Mac? What's the Mac? What's the Mac? What is that? What is that? Yeah. And so I, I went to my principal and I was like, hey, look, guy, we may have to go virtual with this um, and get these kids involved because they need something else to do. Yep. And so he's on board with it. So we will have it this year, the second part of the year. It'll just be all virtual. Right. My art students, I think, will be able to do that small group face-to-face, -face, but everything else will be virtual. So Yeah, and we, we and, and really just thinking and, and looking at it from a perspective of, like, like I said, you couldn't have 10 years ago when you were with Sharpie comprehended the amount of money that people make from one Instagram post. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, like I said, man, I wish I would have, uh, I wish it, I wish it would have happened. I, I mean, in hindsight, 2020, I, I'm happy about everything that's happened. It's just, yeah, to, to understand now where that, where that could have led to from a social media standpoint. Oh my goodness. It would have been, it would have been a lot of money. There's a lot that can be taken away from that. Um, you know, the, that, that level of exposure. And so, and I, you know, I was just at the forefront of all of that. There was, you know, the Facebook was just, just hitting its stride. Twitter was just hitting its stride. Um, when that Sharpie ad campaign came out, uh, they did a YouTube takeover. So that documentary was the homepage of YouTube for an entire 24 hours. That level of exposure today is worth well into the six figures you know i mean that's that that right there that one hit is your is your next three years of income as a teacher you know and so yeah and i, I mean like i said it's it's all hindsight 2020 you're never gonna you can't ever go back on that type of thing and and, and be like oh well i missed the boat there now i mean i think i did everything i could possibly do with that level of exposure from 2011 i mean i still I'm still making money and making income. I've created a business, a career for myself because of that ad campaign. That's something I tell students all the time as well. It's like, this is an opportunity. I was given an opportunity. What do you do with it? Yeah, I played ball. I, I lived, I, you know, I fulfilled my contractual duties, but then I took that exposure, that opportunity, and I was able to turn that into a career that will take me through retirement. And so, you know, Hindsight 2020, I wish the social media was bigger, but also I don't think I could have maximized and exploited that opportunity any further than I have. So I feel pretty good about it. Well, and, and looking at it too, in, in this social media era, there are a lot of people who like you only get that one, that one viral video. Mm -hmm. They only get that one. There's that one moment. There's not a lot of people who are having that sustained where you can continue. And I, yeah. and I love what you said about, you know, squeezing it, but then coming out the backside and being like, yeah, I'm going to keep working at, at whatever that particular thing is. And, and it's so hard because Wilkie, you know, Wilkie has been saying from the beginning of our, our organization, Lighthouse Educator Development and our podcast that we were going to grow organic. You can't expect that you're going to have this meteoric, 
rise and all of a sudden a million people a week are going to, you're, you're not going to be Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not, you're just not, I mean, cause Joe Rogan's done like 1600 episodes. Maybe by the time we get to 1600, we'll be at Joe Rogan's level. Yeah, absolutely. But well, the other thing that's important about social media too, is that I think it's really, kids have to understand, everyone has to understand students, adults, doesn't matter. It's, it's social media is the tool, not the context. You know, it's not your social media is merely a tool. It's the content that you're putting out there. It's your message, your job, your career, whatever that is. That's what's really, that's what's really driving it. You know, I mean, I, I, there is nothing more disappointing than a social media personality or something that has 7 million followers and it's nothing but selfies and so forth. You know, that person's, you know, likelihood of a career span is very slim. You know, they're, they're in the middle of something. They hit on something that, that is, that, that's like a, winning a slot machine. It great. You got that today. As it means nothing for tomorrow and your future, you know, it's it, the social media is just simply a tool to telling your stories. It's simply a tool to building your actual career. You have to be actually focused on your passions, your things like that. If the content isn't true and engaging and authentic, it goes back to authenticity. Um, it's worthless. You know, you might be able to get a couple of ads out of something like that, but if your social media isn't authentic to you, your brand, your person, um, it's, it's pretty worthless. And so that's part of teaching social media as well. Uh, you know, I think, and I think that's super, super important. You know, I, I kind of liken it to real estate in a weird way. Um, back when I was a bartender, I used to tell, I, I, I used to manage bars and so on, uh, for many, many years. And one of the things I would tell like new bartenders and stuff, as I was training them is look at this bar top, these 16 seats or whatever, that's real estate right there. It's up to you to make that real estate valuable. The same thing with your social media, the same thing with, with, with anything else, you know, whatever you're doing, your brand is your real estate and you are in control of how valuable you make your own real estate. And so that, yeah, that's kind of a, you know, I, I and, and if we can get kids to understand that their social media is part of building their personal real estate, that's a better way of teaching it in my opinion. And you know, who am I? What do I know? <laughs> it's just one hey, way. I, I can say this. You talk this old dog here a trick or two because that just, that resonated to me because I love playing Monopoly. Yep. And when you talk about the value of real estate, the value of the real estate is based on what's going on around it. Mm -hmm. What do you have within the community? What do you have within your social media that's going to increase your value? Yeah. And that, because I'm starting a podcast with my GT group of kids my first time doing it with kids, I've never done it. And I'm doing it with a group of sixth graders. But these kids are so phenomenal. They're so well-spoken. They're so outgoing, so many big personalities that I just threw the idea out there and they just gravitated to it. And that's how I'm gonna use them because we're, we're, we're launching in January, uh, our first episode. And I'm like, that. I know that they'll buy that. Yeah. The value of, value of real estate, I know and maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to see if we can get you on and, and come in and talk to them about branding. I think they would love to hear from that. Um, Absolutely. Because I mean, they're doing it organic. They came up with the name. They came up with the concept. They created a list of people they want to interview. Um, and they're just running wild. I mean, I'm still getting emails from them now during break about what they want to do. And I'm like, gosh, you know, you're on break. Stop, stop emailing me, you know. But <laughs> that's the excitement that's been generated. And yeah. 
that's almost like what you would think about a developer going into a community that's a buzz mm -hmm. absolutely you know? so absolutely. I, I love that equating it you know using an analogy of um real estate that makes sense absolutely yeah and it's the truth i mean that's your all of you know, we 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 got to start to understand that our online presence is a direct reflection of of where we're at and you know we so we we do a lot of oversharing we say the wrong thing sometimes i mean it's gonna all of it's gonna come back to bite all of us in the in the rear end at some point it and it's inevitable um you know i probably have posts i'm not super proud of that are out there that might come back to bite me someday and and kids got to realize that they got to be careful and it's going to happen and um but also you know teaching sort of the the warning sign stuff is is is, is necessary but also like understanding and showing kids with social media the how incredibly valuable that can be. Um, for instance, I have reached out to so many people like Hamish and like, um, you know, just major, major people in, in, in my life that I have met through social media and opportunities I've had because of social media. Uh, you know, you have the ability to email LeBron James right now if you want. You can, you can write him a message and he might see it. He might not, but he might. And we you didn't have that opportunity 20 years ago. That's, I mean, that's an incredible tool. And, um, you know, I mean, and I, and I, I like to talk to kids about business all the time. I had a major contract at, at one point. Um, I was doing a tour and uh, I did one year of tour and it was great. And then they wanted to book me for a second tour. Well, I had watched a skateboard podcast um, about a gentleman who's in the, in the skateboard business. And um, he does a lot of like athlete management, things like that, contracts and stuff. And I really liked what he was saying from a business perspective. I messaged him on Instagram and I said, hey, I, I, I've got this opportunity. I'm about to renegotiate a new contract. Um, I could use some advice. I think I could get more out of this. And I think my value has increased and so on and so forth. He doubled my contract. He messaged me back. We met at the X Games. We had lunch. He looked over my contracts and just as a skateboarder, bro to bro favor, renegotiated my second tour and doubled my contract. Wow. There's huge value in being able to reach out to the people that you admire and respect and, you know, network that way through it. And, um, you know, that's, that's how we're here today talking. So, you know, when kids can see that and they can see the nitty gritty stories of that, you know, it's not so much about, it's just it's really disappointing when you see those posts that are so sort of vague and and just not just don't really have any purpose you know what i mean but when you see those posts that have purpose i mean that's an amazing thing and you, you realize how important that tool is and so i think there's really really valuable ways of teaching social media to students that that are that's going to help them in the wrong in the long run you know and we're all going to make mistakes and the, the the negative to social media is that it takes every mistake you make puts a magnifying glass on it 10 times over. Uh, and the bigger you're following, the bigger the mistake. Hey, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to ask a small favor. If you are a teacher that is early in their career and you would be willing to have a conversation with us for the podcast, we would love for you to reach out to us on social media, uh, at value, it's value on Instagram, at its.will.law.iii or at it's Kyle Krieger. You can find us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, reach out and let us know if you'd be interested because we want to understand what the new teacher experience is like. We want to know the things you're struggling with, the things you're finding success in, 
so we can build a set of questions and really make our interviews with experienced teachers, professionals outside of teaching, that much more meaningful to new teachers in bringing them you know, the resources that will help them find success. So if you'd be willing to help us, please reach out. Let us know at value adds value on Instagram. Otherwise, at it's Kyle Krieger, at its.will.law.iii, wherever you want to find us. Otherwise, we're going to get back to it, and we hope you enjoy more of this episode. So there's danger there too, but <laughs> you know, we were, we were just on a podcast with one of our buddies yesterday talking about how the same thing, how people make mistakes, but how quickly people are set to just say like, once you've made a mistake that you're done, but yeah. isn't the one thing we want to teach our kids is how to be resilient in their mistakes. And when they do to make things right. And it, <laughs> and it feels like a lot with social media that there's, there's no opportunity to try to make things right. There's no opportunity to say, Hey, like I made a mistake here. And you know, it's so crazy. Like you were saying how, you know, a kid winds up and, and just, you know, let's just say from an athlete perspective, all of a sudden this kid's about to be the number one draft pick in the NFL. And, you know, they dredge up old tweets of him or something like that. And, and yes, you're right. That kid is responsible for those tweets, but, like you said, teaching kids that at, at this young of age, because those, those are always kids that are like 15. Yeah. That, uh, 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 you know, you, you hear the example of a white kid who tweets rap lyrics that have the N word in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, 15 year old kid. He doesn't, I mean, he really probably doesn't know better. Doesn't think yeah. that it's ever going to go anywhere. And it does, but the other, the other thing that really struck me when you were talking about personal real estate value, I was thinking to myself, like, man, that'd be a good PD someday to teach teachers about those 30 desks that are in their room. Yeah, and, yeah. And that is, that is their, their personal value. And as, and as a, you know, I, I, I spent a spell in college bartending and waiting tables and I can, I can second that is the best analogy I've ever heard. for for the service industry like that because you know the better you work that table the more valuable it is and you know small town Winona like by my like second year waiting tables people would request to sit where I was working yep 100% they would request to sit and and work with me and you know people couldn't figure out why like these people who oh you know and you always knew who the tippers were no, oh, yeah. People get a reputation, <laughs> especially in a small town like Winona, that these people come in and they tip well. Yeah, yeah. So, hundred so, yeah. percent. Yeah. No, and it's a, uh, it, it it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, social media stuff, and and you know, from a teaching perspective as well. Like, I like like kind of like what I was saying with uh, how our our schooling and the way that our education system is set up. It's set up in a way that is pre-internet, in a way that is you know, that we don't imagine a teacher's success. I think what I'm driving at here, a teacher's success is not, is not based on that test score yet. That's what the state measures. And that's so unfortunate because it takes, it's very difficult to see the true success a teacher is having through a test score. That's not rel- That's it's relevant. We need to do it. I understand there's, there's definitely value there, but there is so much more uh, relevancy to that occupation that is not seen in the test scores. And um, 
that you you know we don't really have a great way of measuring that which is really unfortunate um and i think once we start to figure out how we measure that a little bit further that's gonna be pretty cool yeah i that's so funny because i was just writing a little bit yesterday for our book and i was writing about intangibles like mm-hmm. that stuff that you that you just can't measure writing about what a you know what quality teaching really what it really looks like right and 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 that's so funny i i would really love to ask you about how you develop curriculum but i feel like that would maybe that that would maybe take us down a a time frame <laughs> rabbit hole that maybe is a little too long yeah so we'll have to uh we'll have to bring you back on maybe in a month or two and and have you talk cuz i i am super i am super interested in how you develop curriculum from your perspective but in in the sake of respecting your time today and and that I think maybe we'll just kind of wrap up by talking about uh, the Do Rad Things brand and how that got started and how people can support it and what you do through that because it's it's such a it's such a cool story and and honestly like like Will was saying I don't know if we were recording when you said this but Do Rad Things such a such a skater thing to say yeah 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 it really is and it's um it it, it came about really organically it's a completely natural conversation I was having with some of my high school students. Um, and you know, one day we were, we were sitting in class and when you're 17 years old, the world is so broad, so, so overwhelming in a weird way, you know? And I had a student, we were, we, we, while you're sitting there drawing on skateboards, you get to have these really amazing conversations with people and you're having these conversations with kids and, and you're learning about the world and their perspectives and so on. And I just had a frustrated student that was like, I just don't know what I'm going to do as a senior. And they were about to go off and they didn't, you know, really see college in their future. And what, you know, how am I going to, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be all right? And, blah, blah, blah. and, and I, I remember thinking like, I don't have a great answer. And, and that sucks to not have an answer to that question. And that's, you know, that's a, that's what we hope we can, you know, we hope we have that answer as educators. That's what we hope. And I was like, you know what? It's good. You're going to be fine. I was fine. And I was like, just do rad things. It, that, it just sort of slipped out. Like just do rad things. And they were like, yeah. I was like, go out, have fun. Enjoy yourself. Learn about yourself. Learn about what makes you tick, where, where you're going to thrive. Just every day do rad things. And it started there. And all of a sudden that became the motto of our classroom that semester. Let's just do rad things. And, and then that became a hashtag went into social media. And if, before I knew it, my students are hashtagging do rad things. And, and at the time I had, you know, my business was Rivard art LLC and there was Rivard art education, a very bland and boring. And I was like, way better brand do rad things. Let's go there. And so I started thinking about like, how do I make this cooler? Like, how do I make, uh, you know, what I do as an educator, something that, that, that has a lot bigger reach is a little more broad, can expand in my own life, can turn into an actual lifestyle brand or, you know, uh, that can really encompass everything that I want to be able to do. And, and that, that phrase just really stuck out. And, um, the second I put it on a t-shirt, it was kind of like game on, like, this is, this is the company do red things. And, uh, and it, it is big and it's broad and it's, you know, it's a nice, I think for a student, it's kind of a comforting message when you're, when you're sort of 17 and you're lost a little bit and you, you're worried about what comes next after high school or um, whatever that may be, you know, just do rad things. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. And then this becomes a teaching tool. 
do rad things as a brand. I mean, I've had my students design logos. We went on, we go on these, every single program that I do, we're going on field trips places. Like we went to the screen printing place where we learned about the fabrics, the materials, the cost of production. Uh, the students did the logo. They pulled the screens on the t-shirts. They did all of the work. They went out and sold them. I financially backed it. And this is an interesting point too, to, to, to my style of education is I like to, I like to get, I like to get the failure involved as well. Like I like to put money into it and really uh, allow the students to fail and allow them to make some money too. So I supported this whole project by saying, you guys are going to do a t-shirt line, a do rad things t-shirt line. You'll come up with the logo. We'll go to the, we'll go to the, the producer, the screen printing house. And um, you're going to figure out which t-shirts you want to source, you know, the materials, the colors, um, some are better than others. Some are cheaper, some are more expensive. You know, what's that going to affect our margins and so on. Um, let's make 200 t-shirts and I'll, I'll finance it. We're going to get to the point where I make my money back first because I'm the investor here. Anything above and beyond is your profit margin. You're in the green. And you, you guys, my 20 students, you guys get to split that profit. So I'll pay you to do this, you know, and this is now your project. And this is what you're going to be able to create. And you're going to have to talk the principal into setting up a booth at the lunchroom to sell t-shirts or whatever. Um, however you guys want to do it, put it on your social media. You can you know, you can take a Venmo, we can do all kinds of things. And so we're engaging social media in these weird ways. Um, they're producing, they're learning business, they're learning the profit margins. They know exactly how many t-shirts they have to sell to break even. Um, I put up the risk. They got to make it too. So, um, and yeah, they, they, they end up, uh, they end up selling all the t-shirts. They all get paid hundred bucks or something like that. Each kid. And they're, they're pumped 16 years old. You're getting a hundred bucks. That's great. And oh, <laughs> and, so, and I can just imagine how motivated they were knowing yeah. that you put up real money that yeah. they were actually, there was like real stake in it. Yeah. It, it, and it's interesting too, because I, again, you know, I, I'm in a really, you know, I, I, I realize that I'm in a position, I'm in a very privileged position as an educator because I'm not a teacher. I don't work for any district. I'm going to write the curriculum I'm going to write. And if the school likes it, they can buy it. If not, fine, I'll move on and I'll do the next one, you know? Um, and I don't, I, and I, I don't bend too often to, you know, districts and things like that. This is the, what I want to create. This is the way I want to teach it. This is what we're going to do. If you're interested, great. If not, that's fine. I, you know, I'll find a place for that. Um, and that's a privilege that I have as an independent business owner, as an independent educator. I know that that's not something that every teacher can do. Um, but I also use that to my advantage with my students. I tell my students all the time, I'm not a teacher. You know, I don't work for this school. I'm here to put on a project. I want to make some money with you. I want you guys to be involved in a business. You need to be, you need to understand this is real. These t-shirts are my brand, my reputation. They're going to be out in the street on people's backs, you know, it's got to look good. It's got to be done right. And if it fails, I'll cut it off. And so kids come into my programs with a real understanding that they're representing this business and they have to represent it to a professional level and they have to represent it to a place that I think we can succeed. And so when you put students in that realm of very real, very authentic again, but also very real business and very real scenarios, um, not only is it experiential learning, but it's experiential learning with consequence. 
And that's when you really start to step into uh, what I think is, is very powerful education. And, and I, try to, I try to create that with all of my programs. I create failure. Like, let's, let's find where our failure points could be and make sure we're aware of that. And then, you know, we'll, we, we have that in our back pocket at all times. We always know we can fail. I can fail any day. This could all fall apart tomorrow. And, you know, I rely on myself. I rely on, you know, my work ethic and these things to, to continue to generate a business and a job to continue to get invited back to schools and so on. And I make sure my students know that. And their success is my success. If they don't succeed, I'm not going to get succeed. And so, you know, when they realize their skin in the game from all levels, they're all of a sudden, they're not just at school, they're working and they're in a business and they're hustling. And you just took the next step from education, that boring classroom to this is life. And now I'm creating value. And I was part of something. Half of my students will take all the programs that they put, you know, I mean, you, I will say this, you can't expect every single kid to succeed and engage 100%. Like if you think that you're going to reach the core of the heart of every kid, you're naive. That doesn't, doesn't happen. It's impossible. But when a lot of your students can go on to get job offers and take your programs and your curriculum, I mean, as a teacher, imagine your student wrote, I took this class with Mr. So-and-so and they put it on their resume. That's a great class. And so that's what I try to create for these kids is like something that they're going to put on their resume, that they're going to put on their college application, that they're going to use as part of their portfolio as they move forward. We're adding value to their lives. We're adding value to that individual. You know, we're creating their valuable real estate and, and they're part of something and they have a chance to make some money and they have a chance to fail. All of those things are super, super important. So I could go on all day long about this, guys. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Which is a crazy thing that we say on almost every podcast is we're going to definitely have to, to have you back. But I know, I know we want to be respectful with that little bit of fresh, fresh powder we got here in the Twin Cities last night. You must be getting ready to yeah. head back out on the slopes. Yeah, I'm going skiing today. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I like this. I like getting up early and, and just getting some stuff knocked out before, you know, before the sun comes up. And, and which, which, uh, which hill do you normally go to? I go down to Welch. Yeah, yeah, I got the season pass at Welch, so I go hide out down there and and, and ski on the weekdays and stuff like that. And, you know, again, I mean, you tell kids all I tell kids this all the time. Like, I I get to make my own schedule. It snowed a little bit last night. I'm gonna go skiing this morning. It's a <laughs> nice luxury. Yeah, we took our. Uh, yeah, my 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 the charter I work at is in Richfield, kind of right there at 35 and 494. So okay. we, uh, we we took our kids to Buck last year and i had i hadn't skied in so long and i was oh i was rickety on those skis for quite a while but i i got i got my feet back underneath me finally so yeah awesome all awesome. right will will you want to bring her in for a landing yeah man i just want to first just say thank you man for as you say you're not an educator you have educated today uh and i'm sure our listeners will be able to glean and grab a hold to some of the nuggets that you dropped uh, today. Um, and we just appreciate you taking the time out to talk to our listeners today. Um, but two questions that we always like to ask. Um, think about this as a big billboard. You're marketing a big billboard. You, pick, you know, students are flying down their educational journey and they get to see a sign that 
Mark Rivard left for them. What will be the message on that side? <laughs> well, Durant, thanks for sure. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh man. God. Yeah. That's a that is a big question too, because there's so many things that you know. I, I it's it's an honor to you know when when you when you could call yourself an educator to be in this position as a teacher or a principal or anybody that's working in those roles. I mean the fact that you have the the chance to shape someone's life in, in an impactful way is, is such an honor. I mean, it's the coolest job in the world, but um, how do you, I don't know, man, to translate that to kids. I mean, that's, that's kind of the goal of do rad things is to sort of suggest that, that, that there's a lot of possibility out there and like, you know, and, and I always go back to, to, you know, creating your own worth, creating, you know, owning your intellectual property, owning your own value and, and trying to, to really sort of just tell kids, you know, like this, you, you are, you are worth something and you're in charge of what that value is. You know, there's no test score that gets to tell you how smart you are. That doesn't exist. You know, that, that your test scores, your grades are not the barometer of your, of your worth and your intelligence. And they certainly weren't for me. And, uh, you know, so you are in control of your values. I think that's really what I'd like to tell kids is that you have the keys to how far you want to drive. And, and that's, you know, if you know that and understand that your test scores and those things like that, they're valuable. You need, you need to try and be your best at everything you're doing, but you are in control of how smart you can be, where you can take that and what you can do. So, um, and I think that's really powerful when we start to realize that, that you do have that control. You do have that control. Not everybody has the same privileges in life. Not everybody has the same positions and opportunities, but everybody has control of growing. And, and that's, that's pretty important. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You're in control of the value. Well, real quick, before we get out of here and I ask this last question, I, I want to ask who, whose idea was it to do the seven panel hat? Oh. Was that the students or was that yours? That that one was me. That one was okay. me. Yeah. yeah, I was out on a I was out on a road trip this summer, and you know, like the pandemic, it it, it basically wiped out the business and the business of education. When you're a consultant, to, was really really hurt by the pandemic. So, um, I took a took a month and a half to myself this summer and went on a drive and really developed the brand, do rad things. Thought about what I wanted to take that and what what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, you know, it's my, my line of work. There's, you know, tomorrow looks different every day. So you, you just, you got to kind of always sort of reflect back on what's working, what's not working and how to, how do we get better at it and where do we take it? So I went on a very long drive this summer and I looked at products across the country and what I liked, what I didn't like, the vibe I liked, and, you know, really tried to just hone in on, on where I wanted this whole thing to go, the do Rad things brand and what I wanted to do with it. And, um, you know, what, you know it, it, whether I, you know, I, I had to make sure it was the right thing. And, you know, so I kind of went on a little bit of a vision quest this summer and I sourced all these different products all over the country and created, you know, kind of really sort of diving into the brand. So I love that. Hat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm on here right now. I'm going to order me uh, a couple of those. Uh, I'm a hat guy. So, I mean, I have you are a hat guy. That's I true. have over 40 hats right now. And so awesome. So that yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. But I'll, um, put, I'll put a little care package together for you. What size t-shirt are you? XL. XL, all right. 
Mm. Um, so this is the last question. Uh, when it's all said and done, there's no more consulting, you know, there's no more skateboards to color, you know, to, to do art on. There's no more students to reach. When it's all said and done, what is it that you want your legacy to be? Oof. <laughs> I, you know, I, you, I, I, you, you're, you're in control of that, but at the same time, you don't get to decide it, you know? Uh, I think that the, the world decides what your legacy is, and it's based on what you do. And so I hope that the culmination of all the things that I've done in my life kind of adds up and, and creates the legacy. You know, I don't know if it's my decision to decide what that legacy would be or what it looks like. I can, I can hope that the, the steps I'm taking are, are going to make it a good one, you know, and that's kind of out of my control, really. You know, when it's all said and done, I think I want to be able just to sit back in, in, my, in my recliner and go, man, that was fun. What a ride. And, you know, really think back on some of the, some of the stories and the things that uh, that have been through and 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 say man through the ups and downs it was fun it was so fun and you know i i already feel very very honored and just it's such a an amazing thing when you see some of your students go on to do incredible things um as you both probably know you guys have been teaching a while um you do get to sort of see them grow up and mm -hmm. i'm getting there as well with uh you know with with my years in education now so I'm starting to see some of my students become adults and, 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 you know, they write you back five years removed from high school and they go, that really helped her. Or somebody writes you an email from some far flung place in the world and goes, I, I follow you and I see this and, and I appreciate that. And to me, that that's a legacy in itself. And it's already accomplished. If you, if you get one of those messages from one kid, that's I'm good game over. <laughs> I feel very happy. I've already won. So you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So for the people that want to connect with you, see your work, figure out what you're doing by the, by the do rad things gear. Like I know we're both going to pick it up. I was looking at that. I was looking at that neck gator. I was like, Ooh, yeah, those are cool. That's those nice. are cool. Yep. And then I, I can't believe now that the neck gator is like the neck gator around just the neck is actually like a, a fashion thing. Now I see yeah. everybody wearing them. Oh yeah. Um, for, for people that want to connect with you and the brand, what's the best places for them to do that? Um, yeah, you know what, honestly, like I'm trying to just gear all of my social media, Instagram, and just a uh, Facebook is Facebook is whatever. You know, I try to kind of keep my Facebook a little more on the private side. Um, I put all the business at Instagram. Um, so Instagram is kind of number one Instagram or, uh, so, um, at Rivard art is my Instagram handle. Um, the do rad things co is the brand, the Institute, the do rad things, uh, company handle. Um, I also have a, a project called the postal express project, which is at postal express project. And then, um, uh, at stage culinary. And we didn't even get into stage. That's a yeah. whole nother bag of worms, man. So that's, that's, another that's another reason to bring you back. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll do, we'll do part two, but you can always find out more about, uh, my cooking and restaurants and sort of uh, business stuff with the uh, stage culinary as well. So that's my student, uh, culinary arts program. Um, at Stash Culinary, at Do Rad Things Company, Co, uh, at Rivard Art. Rivard Art is my primary one. That's that's where I just post a, a barrage of everything. Um, awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me too. What an honor. This is this and is we a appreciate great the time. And and like I said, we, uh, I I I I do love the fact that there are a few people that I've connected with that are that are local to me. That at some point, you know, I could. 
I can have some, you know, when things go back to normal, have some face-to-face meetings and hang out with and, yeah. and do that. So I would, I would love to connect in person sometime when the, uh, when the world starts spinning a little more back to normal. Hundred percent. Yeah, we got to. Uh, we got to. We got. Let's talk about your school and uh, stopping in, saying hi to the kids there. And uh, yeah, I, I actually that. was talking with a restaurant in Stillwater about doing some some stage programming down there as well. So yeah, which uh, which one? Oh no, I can't do this right now. I'm gonna draw a blank on the name. It's at the hotel right on the far end of town where the cave. Oh, is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know exactly. I know exactly. I walk down there all the time. Yeah. Uh, man, I can't forget the name of that restaurant. That's terrible. As it's no, just it's, a total, total brain freeze, right? I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but uh, all right, buddy. Well, we super appreciate the time, and we uh, we can't wait for round two. Sounds good. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. Fam, thanks for checking out this episode number three hundred two. If you haven't gone out and subscribed to uh, Mark on social media or followed him, is probably the better word I would use. Uh, please do that. And if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, please hit that button and follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. It's at it's Kyle Krieger at its.will.law.iii. Uh, value adds value on Facebook, value adds value on YouTube. Follow us wherever. And please, if you are an early career teacher who, who would be willing to talk with us for the podcast, please reach out. Um, we're, we're really trying to make this about you and your experience to make sure that um, we're helping our kids get the best teachers that they can, getting the teachers that they deserve because we know the more teachers we keep in the profession and help them find success, we can do that. So much love to y'all. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week.